0: together yeah father thanks already for the precious time that we've been able to enjoy with you with each other just listening being able to worship you in song being able to meet around the the lord's table and and uh, lord as we open your word now we just pray again that your spirit will just brood over us and speak to us and help us to hear the things you want us to hear and then help us to know what that means to me personally how that applies in our own lives may the glory be yours You're centre stage, Lord. You always will be, you always have to be. And uh, we just want to lift you up and exalt you tonight. So be with us. Thank you that you are. And uh, we commit ourselves into your hands right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One of the the most moving stories that I ever heard um, from my army chaplaincy days... and it probably would have only been a couple of years, two or three years ago, uh, was when a special forces officer who was addressing us as a course, actually, so this special forces commander related to us uh, a particular time when one of their own was fatally wounded in a night operation. And he went into a lot of uh, detail. Some of it was quite graphic, and I'm not going to do that tonight. but, but But just in summary form, his section, a section of a small number of soldiers, carried their friend for many kilometers that night after he was wounded and that was with all of his body armor all of his equipment which made which weighed many kilograms as well as their own and they carried this their their mate of theirs to the urgent medical treatment that they knew he so desperately needed and with determination these guys carried this guy through the night to reach their base but sadly uh, due to the, the, the severity of his injuries and his wounds he just he didn't make it it was on the news and and uh, we won't go into any more of that but um, it was one of those things that was mentioned on the news he didn't make it but they carried him as best they could um, so that situation overseas with these uh, special forces soldiers carrying their friend to get help doesn't that also remind us of this story right here Um, this wonderful story from the gospel um, of the four who also carried their friend a paralyzed man right into the very presence of the Lord Jesus because he too needed help and they knew somehow they knew that Jesus could and would help the needy friend what is it about Friends who do these kinds of things for you and me. Don't you think that's special? When you have friends who will carry you like that, friends who will be alongside you like that, that is rare, that is very special. If you've got friends like that, then treasure them. Or you need to be a friend like that to someone, then be challenged about that tonight as we go through this message. Because I want to share with you four qualities, um, or four, yeah, four qualities, four attributes. Of these four, from Mark chapter 2, that I believe are worth imitating in our own ministry and in our own service towards one another and for one another. Four things about four friends tonight, I think are worth imitating in our own Christian service. So the first one is this. These were four friends who simply cared. Four friends who simply cared, just like these special four soldiers these four blokes in Mark chapter two carried, sorry, cared about their friend, and they cared about the condition that he was in. And this is interesting. Sometimes we don't really know the full story of the condition that we might be in or our friend might be in. They could see only a certain amount, but Jesus could see a whole lot more. But they carried him. They were concerned for the condition that he was in. And the Bible, well, the Bible tells us that he was a paralyzed man. There's no other details known about how it happened and uh, to the, you know, the extent of his paralysis. Um, all we know is that he was unable to walk. But he obviously had four special friends who cared about him and they were determined to do something about it. And again, how great it is, how special it is to have people, friends who care Don't you think? And you know, we have them in this church. People just like you here tonight. Who really do care for other people. And it's expressed in all kinds of ways. A lot of the time it's done quietly. Maybe not too many people know about it. Maybe only a few. Maybe only one. Um, But just recently, as you know, as we've been talking and praying, there's been... Two funerals, another one to come, um, of two of our dear people from this church. And again, as I mentioned, Martin Conwell too, from our church, um, who's just lost his dad. A- along with the funerals that we've been going through and, and supporting folk in, um, there's been other serious hospitalizations that have been going on in our church, bereavements and, and just other needs of those who are associated with this church. And while all this is going on, I love this, the carers sprang into action. Um, and I want to say thank you uh, and God bless you for caring. Um, I, was on the, I had the privilege, I guess, of being in an email where I saw some of these things happening, just people emailing each other and people putting up their hands saying, yeah, I can do this, I can help out with this, I can do this. It was just fantastic to see that happening. you know. And just on that note, look, If you'd like to be part of a care network that we want to set up in this church in each congregation here at SDBC to assist in in caring for the needs of our people. You know, I'd love to talk with you because it's going to be part of my role and next week you'll hear a lot more about that. We really do need your help. We need your help to carry our people in need. And it might be you who needs to be carried so have a think about that. We, we want to set up this care network. We want to get it happening in all the congregations, all five congregations. And if you'd like to be part of that, just listen to what God's saying to you and please talk to me or Pastor Darrell or someone else here tonight. I'd love to hear from you because we really do need your help. It's just fantastic to see people that spring into action who have that caring attitude, that Jesus type quality that we see in these four guys. And of course, there's a flip side to that. And I know I've got to be careful about this, but the flip side is that in the view of society, generally speaking, generally speaking, um, there's a view in society that, that society really doesn't care. I don't know if you've ever felt like that yourself. Who really cares? You go to some organisation or someone that you need some help from on the phone and you kind of want to, do you really care? Um, and I know you know there are exceptions to that. There are definitely exceptions, I know that. But you know how tragic it is to hear of those who live alone and who die in their own homes and no one knows. Those sorts of things are just tragic. And and they're not discovered for days, weeks, sometimes even longer. Who's caring about them? Who's carrying them? Just recently on TV, you may have seen this actually. um, Did you see that? particular episode it might have been on current affair or something um, but on tv there was this hidden camera that was there and and it captured uh, this this whole scene that many people on the street who were deliberately ignoring and avoiding a man with cerebral palsy in a wheelchair who was going up to them and saying excuse me can you tell me where the toilets are and there were people going like this oh not about that and others who just walked off and ignored him And he was approaching them in his wheelchair with cerebral palsy. Did you see that? Anyone see that? And this camera caught it all. How embarrassing for some of those who may have been seen. Um, And I guess the question for us to ask is, what would you or I have done in that? And I'm pretty sure I could say the majority, if not all of you folk here, you would have gone up to him. You would have said, hey, how can I help you? You just do it. But there are a lot of people who didn't, don't want to get involved. Too costly. Paul says to Galatians in chapter 5 and verse 14, the entire law is summed up in a single command. Did you hear that? The entire law is summed up in a single command, which is, you know it, love your neighbour as yourself. And you know what? When you love, you will care. It goes hand in hand you love you care you can't do one without the other I don't think and I love that old saying um, that goes people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care people aren't impressed by how much you know until they know how much you care I think that's a good thing and sometimes the caring And I would say most times the caring for someone else means putting yourself out. It it means putting yourself out. Just like these four friends did when they carried their friend to Jesus. He knew how much they cared. (laughs) I wonder if people know how much you care about them too tonight. Just things I want you to think about as we go through this. What's the Lord saying to you? Secondly, um, there were also four friends who dared... Four friends who cared, four friends who dared. It's interesting because, again, SAS, the SAS, or the Special Air Service group are part of the Special Forces or Special Operations and part, and their motto, the, so the Special Air, Air Service Regiment's motto. Anyone know what that is? Who dares wins. That's it. Who dares wins. And uh, the reality is, these guys do dare and they do win. <laughs> That's right. And in Mark 2, these four guys, they dared to believe that Jesus was the answer to their paralysed friends' needs. They dared to believe and they did win. They dared, they win, they won. See, being the caring people that they were kind of makes you wonder, I wonder how many physicians that, and how many treatments they would have carried their friend too this person may have had the answer that may, that may have been the right treatment I'm, I'm sure that they would have carried their friend to these things to these uh, uh, appointments possibly to, to get the help that they knew he needed and, and how many times he did it, I don't know but all that was happening before they heard about Jesus and when they heard about Jesus When they heard about him, they dared to believe that he would be the one who could help their friend. And you know, ultimately, Jesus really is the only one who can help. He's the only one. Ultimately, he is the only one who can help you and me like no one else or nothing else can. He's the one. He's the one who gives us the help that we need no one else can do that. Jesus. I love the, what the, the writer in Hebrews 13, 6, quoting from Psalm 118, he says, So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. And then Psalm, Psalm 40, verse 17, you are my help and my deliverer. Look up. How many times you see in the scriptures how God, the Lord Jesus, is referred to as our help, our helper. A very present help in time of trouble. He's our help. He's the only one that really can help us. And as you look through Mark's gospel, it's easy to see how Jesus had gained a reputation like this among the people as he travelled through Galilee. His reputation grew. He gained this reputation of being someone who could help in fact in Mark 1.28 it says news about him spread quickly over the whole region of Galilee. And wouldn't it have someone that you knew that could help like he was doing? Of course that news would spread. People heard. People saw. But certainly people heard about how Jesus had cast out demons. How he had healed people of various diseases. They heard, including these four, I'm sure, these four friends, that this Jesus was the one who changes lives. (laughs) That he had compassion on people, even the social outcasts. The untouchables like the leper, for example, in Mark 1, who said to Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. This guy was dared to believe that Jesus could do that. If you're willing, you can make me clean. And they heard how Jesus reached out his hand and touched this leper. He touched the leper? Something that no one else would dare to do. But Jesus did. And he said, I am willing, be cleansed. Powerful stuff, that's beautiful. I don't know if you're feeling a bit like a leper tonight. Whether you're feeling a little bit unclean tonight, whatever that is. Listen to Jesus say to you, I am willing, be cleansed, be clean. What a beautiful Savior we have. Full of grace and truth, he really is. And these four friends dared to believe that this same Jesus could do the same for their friend. And again, how many tonight, how many of us here tonight um, would also dare to believe? That Jesus wants to reach out his hand and touch our friends. Perhaps our own lives. To touch the ones that we love and say as he did to this paralytic. Your sins are forgiven. That was the real need this guy had. Not to be healed and get up and walk. That was part of it. But that wasn't the primary reason. That wasn't the primary core need that he had. He needed to be forgiven. Jesus could see that. That's why he said your, my son, your sins are forgiven. Rise up. And I wonder if we know people in our own circle, family, friends, where we know that Jesus wants to say that to them. We need to carry them. You know, and, and to believe that we have to do our part. That's the other part of this. We have to do our part by praying, by caring, by daring uh, to carry them to Jesus. Jesus prayerful and then being watchful for opportunities that you might dare to invite them even to church one day to this church just like these four four friends did when they carried their friend to where Jesus was because they cared for him and they dared to believe thirdly these were four friends who simply were prepared they were, they were simply prepared. They were prepared to do whatever it took to get their friend to see Jesus. And Mark again, two chapter 2, 4 and 5 says this, Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus and after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. They were prepared to do whatever it took. Going back to these special forces guys, listening to their story, they were simply prepared to do whatever it took, even to put their own lives at risk, to carry their mate out of the fight and to get him the the care that they knew he desperately needed. And in Mark 2, nothing was going to deter these four guys. (laughs) Not a crowded house, not an overflowing house of people. How many of us would have walked up to a house and said, crowd, (laughs) no, I can't do it, mate, sorry. They could see the house was crowded, not crowds standing even outside the door. And you have to admire their their initiative, wouldn't you? Maybe their desperation. And I certainly wouldn't advise or suggest anyone to climb up on someone's roof and dig a hole through it you know, remove it to get someone down you know what I mean I wouldn't sort of advise you do that but I would, think, I would get us to think about this sometimes we do need to think outside the square you know sometimes the traditional the well trodden pathways that have been used years and years ago to bring people to Christ may not necessarily be effective today in our culture May not, they were once, may not now. Think outside the square, but we've always done it that way. Well, it doesn't mean it always works now. We do have to think outside the square, just like these guys who use a bit of initiative. We've always gone through the front door of the house. Can't do it this time. What can we do? We need to get him to Jesus. It's kind of thinking outside of the square a little bit. And I know I need to be careful again with this this example because I've already said and I still believe that we need to dare and be prepared to invite people and bring people to our church. I do. But I also know from someone who shared in our retreat group once, uh, I know of a church um, who invited, rather invite people to their church, this was a church who invited themselves to the people and the pastor of this church got permission from someone who owned a club or a restaurant. I can't remember what it was now. But he got permission from this guy to actually hold a night church service in that club, in that restaurant. I'm not suggesting we do that, Daryl. Don't run over and say, hey, we should do this. No, I'm not saying it works necessarily for us. But all I'm saying is that this is what they did. And this, this happened for a, a, few, a few times. They did this. When I was pastoring at Salisbury Baptist Church, we got permission from the local McDonald's in that area to hold a church service down there one night. And it was a unique time. It was, a, it was a, to support the school chaplains. And uh, it was a fantastic night. We had people just share their testimony and people gathered around, uh, people inside buying hamburgers and stuff. But we were outside doing this little service in support of the local school chaplains. And I guess the point is, the challenge really is this are we prepared to do whatever it takes in the name of the Lord Jesus to see our friends, to see our loved ones brought to Christ? Even just to connect with people. And, folks, that's another challenge I'd bring to our whole church is that we need to learn to connect with people, welcome the stranger, be careful that you don't get into your little cloistered little groups at the end of a service. I know it's easy to do. We're so, we, we, we do this. It's so comfortable. It's so wonderful to meet our friends. But remember the people who are on the outside. Who's here tonight? I saw a hand go up. Just remember, we want to connect with people. We want to welcome people to this church. And they won't feel very welcome if you're turning your little circles and they're outside. Be aware of that. We need to connect. You know, I don't think the owner of this house here at Mark 2 expected a huge hole to appear in his roof. But look how God used this for his glory. And how this man became totally forgiven, healed, transformed, transformed, which is the theme for next year. I hope I didn't steal your thunder, Darrell. This year, sorry. Trans- Look what happened. A huge hole appeared in the roof. God used it for his glory that brought this man forgiven, healed, transformed. But then these were Friends who cared these were friends who dared and these were friends who were simply prepared fourthly finally these were four friends who simply shared they shared the load they shared the responsibility of carrying their friend together to meet the Lord Jesus Going back to our Special Forces guys, they did the same thing with their desperately needy friend. They shared the load. As they rotated themselves through the night to take the heavy, to do the heavy lifting, they rotated themselves over the many kilometres that, that they trekked that night. They shared the load of carrying him to medical support. They shared the load. You know, as I think of that too, I... This example of caring and sharing the load also reminds me of what you might find in a small group or in our life group contexts as well, sharing the load. The guys here in Mark chapter 2, for example, they were a small group of five and and, and four of them were bearing up the needs of the one. The one friend, their friend, bearing their needs to, to Jesus. What a fantastic ministry for a small group, for a life group. To be engaged in. Of being of being carried by your life group, of being brought before Jesus in those times of need that you have. And wouldn't you expect that to happen in a life group? See, the word of God calls us to do this, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6, 2. You know, and again, may you be encouraged tonight. Be encouraged to be part of a small group or be part of your life group in this church if you're not in one already. Again, you'll hear more about that next week. But I want you to start thinking about life group. Am I in one? If I'm not, why not? Is there one that I need to be in? You need people to carry you in that small group kind of context and bring you before Jesus. You can't do that in a large setting. Um, It's so important to be where you can be, where, where you can more personally, where you can more safely, where you can confidentially share your load with friends who care for you. And be brought before the Lord Jesus who touches each one of our lives and meets our needs. You need to be in a context like that. I think that's so important. If you want to grow and mature and be healthy as a Christian, you need to be in a life group where people can bear you up carry your load share the load with you so quite simply we need each other to share the load and the responsibility of ministering to each other as unto the lord and god's word i believe puts the challenge to us by this marvelous account here in the gospel of four friends who demonstrated four worthy attributes four worthy qualities and you know what they caught the attention of jesus Can you imagine Jesus is there teaching and all of a sudden he feels something drop on him. You know, the the dirt and the stuff from the ceiling. (laughs) hits him on the head, shoulders possibly. And I'm sure he would have looked up and seen this. It caught his attention. They caught the attention of the Lord Jesus when they carried their friend and lowered him right into his presence. Which resulted in his life being totally Transformed. Steve Stroop, Steve Stroop, he was and maybe still, I don't know, uh, was the senior pastor of of Lake Point Baptist Church in Rockwell, Texas. Uh, Some years ago now, he was the guest speaker at at one of the annual Baptist conventions that we have every year. And he challenged us as pastors that night, he challenged us and he said simply this, um, how many of you on a regular basis are carrying your friends to Jesus in prayer? Simple as that. How many of you on a regular basis are carrying your friends to Jesus in prayer? I'll leave you with that, but also just want to close by saying this. Let's never be too proud to admit that there are times and there will be times when each one of us ourselves need to be carried rather than be the carrier. Each one of us. And I can't help but finish with this particular poem, and I think you all know it very well. Listen to what it says. One night I had a dream. I dreamed I was walking alone the beach sorry, walking along the beach with the Lord. And across the sky flashed scenes from my life. For each scene, I noticed two sets of footprints, one belonging to me and the other to the Lord. When the last scene of my life flashed before me, I looked back at the footprints in the sand. I noticed that many times along the path of my life, there was only one set of footprints. I also noticed that it happened at the very lowest and saddest times in my life. This really bothered me and I questioned the Lord about it. Lord, you said that once I decided to follow you, you would walk with me all the way. But I've noticed that during the most troublesome times in my life, there's only one set of footprints. I don't understand. Why in times when I needed you the most, you should leave me? The Lord replied, My precious, precious child, I love you and would never, never leave you. During your times of trial and suffering, when you saw only one set of footprints It was then that I carried you. I love it when Jesus carries me. I hope you do as well. But we have friends who care. who will carry us as well. Let's be part of that team. Uh, Let's pray. Father, thanks so much for your word to us tonight. Thank you for... This uh, fantastic example by these four glokes that are in this scripture. Thank you for the demonstration, Lord, that they gave and and the the example that they give us. People who cared, people who were prepared, people who dared. Thank you, Lord, for uh, your word to us tonight. And just pray for um, your blessing upon us, Lord, that we might be people who will carry each other be people that will want to connect with those around us, Lord. So Heavenly Father, may you continue to echo your application of this in each of our hearts tonight. As we commit ourselves to you. Thank you for your presence with us. Thank you that you go ahead of us and prepare the way for us. Thank you for the divine appointments that you've already set up for us this week. Help us to walk with you and enjoy the journey with Jesus and being available to be a carer uh, and someone who's prepared to get in there and carry the load as we lift up and as we carry each other's burdens and lift one another up before the Lord Jesus. Thanks, Lord, that we can do that and we commit ourselves to you now, to that task and to that end, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you, church.